part of this you just don't get, huh? Lord, let me know if you got us. Preaching about profit. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to the goddess. Hello and welcome to the Strong Women Power Half Hour, your podcast to encourage, enlighten, and support you through your journey through womanhood. And today we have another power hour for you. Uh, That's because we have the amazing Mariella Smith. Uh, She is a writer, a writing coach, um, an editor. She's my editor. Uh, And she has a lot of insight to share. We have a great conversation coming up for you uh, with Mariella, who is this, you know, just kind of this bundle of wisdom and light and love uh, and encouragement, but also very logical, straightforward thinking. So I think you're going to like her a lot. Um, She is just genuinely uh, awesome and one of my soul sisters so glad to have you on the podcast Mariella and anything that she mentions I'll put in the show notes uh, that she passes along to me Uh, I am of course your host Kelly Hickey I am a women's empowerment specialist and I am the founder director of Strong Women Co. We are a multi-service business. Uh, We do everything from one-on-one coaching. Uh, We just put out a self-love program uh, that's one-on-one. We also do just different empowerment and group coaching. We have online kits. We do workshops. But you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram for your daily inspiration. Um, And of course, join our tribe for free. It's the Strong Women Co. tribe. Women from all over the world. My goodness, I had women from Malaysia, women from uh, different countries in Africa, women from all over Europe, New Zealand uh, joined this week. So I think that the the net is going wide and women who want to reach out and connect with other high vibe women who want to support each other. I I think we're just waking up and connecting to one another, which, you know, of course, thrills me. So uh, before I get into the podcast with Mariella um, and all of her wisdom, um, I just want to highlight some of the other past podcast shows in case you haven't um, seen any of it. Most of them are really evergreen. So of course, last week we had Ray Zaragoza with Making the World Better. So much great feedback from that. And actually Ray said in the email to me, it was the only interview she was able to listen to uh, that she had given from beginning to end, which really meant a lot. (laughs) Thanks, Ray. Really sweet. We got focus on the good. I gave you the songs of the summer podcast, girl power, understanding burnout, um, healthy boundaries, self compassion, self love. Uh, I'm sensitive and I'd like to stay that way. <laughs> Lots of different podcast titles that you can um, get into with our iTunes and soon we will be on Spotify. Whoop, whoop. But I'll let you know when that happens. It should be in mere hours of the time of recording right now. Uh, so fingers crossed for that. So love to our listeners, love to our loyal listeners. My goodness, I wouldn't be here without you. And to all our new listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, If you like what you hear today, if you like empowerment, if you like listening to different things uh, that give you insight and information and education through your journey through womanhood, subscribe, uh, rate us if you can. Uh, That helps other people find us. So before we get into the show, let's take our three breaths, gathering our whole selves up nice and easy breaths at first all right we're gonna go nice and light through the nose and then we're gonna go out through the mouth okay in through the nose hold out through the mouth a couple easy breaths collect your whole self together now 
collect all traces of you that you've left all about so we get into this nice succinct package breathing in through the nose hold out with a sigh <sighs> one more time in through the nose hold out with a big sigh <sighs> All right, let's do this. Let's talk to Mariella about writing and rewriting your own story and the power that you have to choose the words, to choose the story, to choose a choose your own adventure story here today on the Strong Woman Co. Power Hour. And with that, I will let Mariella and I, Mariella and I, take it away. Here we go. <laughs> I am so excited to talk to our guest today. Uh, this is Mary Ella, uh, one of my soul sisters uh, and uh, a brilliant, brilliant writer, a brilliant editor, uh, my editor. <laughs> I'm so happy that she's my editor, is the best editor in the world. Um, and she's a writing coach and a million uh, awesome things. And uh, today we're going to be talking about writing your story but as i thought about it it's more kind of like rewriting your story in some kinds of ways but uh let's bring our wonderful guest on it is wonderful mariella and you are calling us from where today i do well, hello everyone uh today i am in the netherlands you're in the netherlands but you are I residing am... in cyprus usually these days right yes yes but i'm in my parental home right now in my mother's living room this is the place i grew up ah, you, you went home how sweet what's it like yes, was it like being home? That's a completely different discussion. <laughs> um, I'm, let's let's just say it's good, uh, but I'm I'm happy. Like in, in when is it? It's uh, when we record this. Um, yeah, I'll be flying home in three days. Gotcha. You got the countdown on. Yes, I have the countdown on. <laughs> um, it's good, but it's 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 um, yeah. There's something about the freedom you get when you really separate yourself from. Mm. Uh, that particular parts of your life uh, absolutely so it's been very freeing to me uh, for me to to just move abroad and just uh kick start a complete new chapter or book i would say oh a new book ah a new book and, and, and just like you and i we dive right into the topic uh but uh so let's just to give our listeners uh, a bit of background on who you are and uh what has made you to be the woman you are today yeah, so I've been thinking, actually, I've been thinking about the question and I was sort of mind mapping, which is one of my favorite um, mind mapping, like, mind mapping. Yeah, that's my favorite kind of uh, I'm very structured. I'm very organized. I'm very linear. But in the initial stages, I just like to grab a sheet of paper and just throw some words at it and then just see how it all connects. So I've been, I started drawing because you asked me that. Like, so you told me you were going to ask me the question. Uh, um, what has made me? Uh, the woman I am today. So I started writing down uh, like yoga, meditation, some spiritual awakening. Then, of course, I have a background in English literature. That's my BA. And then I have a master's in gender and post-colonial studies. I have an unfinished PhD in French feminist philosophy uh, and literature. Um, unfinished because I decided uh, neoliberal academia was no longer uh, a place for me. My uh, soul was no longer aligned with that. So I had to get out of there. I get that. Uh, yeah. And then I was also um, 
I also wrote down panic attacks because I've had I've I had a quite a history with panic attacks, and then I wrote down starting over, moving abroad, and that sort of fits in with that whole like when I quit, um, when I quit academia, that was for me like I knew my contract wouldn't be. Um, I was going to get a very small contract and that was after years of struggle to get a proper contract because these are very precarious positions and I was always a part-time teacher because I have my editing business, I have my writing coach business, I am a writer so I didn't want to do it full-time um, and this is what I got, like you got these really tiny contracts and then uh, in the Netherlands what they have is a rule um, what they did is they, they tried to protect people on like t temporary contracts by um, telling companies well usually you can like um you can do it three times so you have a you get a temporary contract and you can sort of like you can well you know extend that once and then another time so they thought you know to protect all the poor people on temporary contracts we'll tell the companies you can only do it once and after that you have to hire them for real but none of these companies especially universities because they don't get the subsidies from the people who decide on these rules we're gonna hire us for real. So I had these extended periods where I couldn't teach. Mm. So the last time uh, they promised me a longer contract so I would have a more stable uh, environment for, for a little bit. And then they, then they got me the smallest contract I had ever. And that was for me one of the reasons why I said, you know, once this contract is done, I'm out of here. Like I'm moving abroad, uh, I'm leaving this behind. I'm just starting over. Um, and I think for me, it sort of feeds back into why I brought up the panic attacks. Like for a long time, I felt something was not okay. And for me, like panic attacks is just, um, it's just your soul, your higher self, whatever is sort of trying to tell you something's not okay. You need to listen. And that's basically why I started doing yoga meditation because I was like, some, some, I need to start. Like I was always working. I was, I'm, I'm a recovering workaholic. I needed to do something. So that, that's why for me, like yoga meditation, the spiritual awakening, that all feeds back into um, that. But yeah, my, my whole, my, my, my background, of course, my academic background never left me. So I'm still this very critical mind. One of the reasons, um, so I was thinking, how does it all feed, feed, feed into each other? And what has made me become the woman I am today is that one thing that sort of connects everything is that I have a very inquisitive, critical mind. So one of the reasons why I, I have a BA in English literature, but not an MA, because there was no room for thinking, for critical mm. thinking. Mm. So that's what really, when I started doing gender and post-colonial studies, like I remember the first paper I wrote, I got it back, completely read, and my teacher said, I cannot grade this. Where are you in this paper? Mm. And that was, for one, you know, I was devastated because I was like, I have to rewrite this whole thing. But at the, like, the other end of the spectrum, I was like, I'm finally home. Like somebody mm. asked what I think. But I see that everywhere, like I, I have um, in everything, I'm very critical, like I'm very skeptical about, like even though I, call, I, I tell myself, like I, I did have the spiritual awakening, um, which also is starting to feed in my, in, my, in, my, uh, in my editing and into my writing coach business. But still, um, I'm always skeptical, so I don't follow anything. <laughs> I'm very eclectic. I'm very eclectic. I always, I always think twice. Uh, I'm very, um, yeah. I, I just, just, just. It, it's, it's almost like, like, um, like I, I don't have a need for a guru or whatever. 
Yeah. So that for me, is, and I think that also feeds into the critical mind. And I think even the panic attacks come back to that because that was like my soul or my higher self being very critical about the people I spent time with, the things I was doing, um, the situations I was putting myself through. Mm. And it just sort of like, you know, constantly like sort of poking me like, you don't, you don't want this. You don't want this. Be more aware of what you're doing. Um, so yeah, for me, it all feeds into each other. I hope yeah, that makes sense. Well that makes total sense uh thank you for that beautiful synopsis but what's really cool is like listening to your story i know that there's a ton of uh listeners that will identify with parts or all of it because you just gave a snapshot of a microcosm of what's happening macro you know everything from yeah. precarious work right like and, and short contracts and like you know young women and you know even middle-aged women like this is what we're dealing with we're dealing with you know we're not we don't have the full-time permanent secured kind of job to like put down roots or if we want to and then the other parts of um uh of your story of like the panic attacks and and just having anxiety when when things don't feel right you know and because we haven't had the uh the language or the concepts to listen to our intuition or give our soft soul voice you know the credence it deserves uh we just shush it shush it shush it shush it uh particularly if we are certain kinds of personality types or if, you know we're used to getting a's and pats on the head you know like we want to have those gold stars and and uh, I know there's definitely women who are listening now who had panic attacks or, or something close to it in, in the past, or maybe they're going through it now. So I, I think there's huge value. And thank you so much for bringing that up. Uh, for me, uh, when I was doing my kind of job, that was like a well-paid 8.30 to 4.30 job being an executive officer at my, uh, uh, at my university. Um, uh, everything made sense on paper. When I used to go for a walk in the morning with my dog, I would just like, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to go to work. <laughs> and you know, like I just, it, it was something that um, I knew didn't feel right, but you have to have so much courage to, uh, to kind of turn your back on a system, even if the system isn't working for you, uh, because you know, we're not necessarily shown um, an alternate route uh, or, you know, you and I being entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs who do a lot of our work online, we're making it up as we go, right? Like this is a, yes. this is an industry, like there's not a, a well-beaten path. So where did you get the courage to um, just kind of turn your back on the academia and, you know, your, your childhood where you grew up in the Netherlands? I also know that you're half Scottish, but uh, where you grew up in the Netherlands, how, where did you get the courage to be like, okay, that's it. I'm going to take a chance on myself and I'm moving to Cyprus and I'm going to support myself with my online writing, coaching and editing business. Where did that come from? That's a really good question. Well, I would say, um, and I know we haven't talked about it yet, but you're using the song, right? Oh, uh, yes. The Brandy Carly, the story. Yeah. Yes. So one of the things is why I picked that song is because um, she, she talks about, you know, uh, there's no point in having a story if you, there's nobody to share it with. Mm. And I think I've always been, well, you can call that lucky or you can just call that aligned. Like I'm, I'm, I just published a book uh, this week and in the inter uh, in, in, it's on tarot for creators in the introduction I write like you know we tend to say things like we're disconnected from from our intuition but of course we never really are because um, my panic attacks that's my intuition right. and it's screaming because I forgot how to listen so it's not that it's not there it's not voicing itself we don't know how to listen and living in the societies that most of us live in um, we've actually learned to distrust that particular voice because that is not the voice of reason, etc. Mm. So, <laughs> and there's a connection between intuition and it's almost like just the misogyny, right? Because intuition is feminized, 
right? Yes. So it's kind of like literally uh, uh, seen as weaker or, or yep. woo woo, uh, so that we are, we push it down, uh, ignore it and even yes. ridic ridicule it. Right. Yes. And in the Netherlands, even, uh, we call it female intuition. Even when men use it. Yeah. But in intuition just comes with, uh, with, oh. with usually with the term female in front of it. Wow. So it's a very feminine thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All growing up, I'm sure it's coming less, but growing the only, up, the only time I ever heard intuition was when female intuition. Like that, yeah. like growing up, I think that was the thing. And like, and uh, it was kind of like very, very specific, right? Like it was like, don't go down that dark alley. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that man is bad. Like this was how I, I remember hearing it. Um, and it's only, it's, I'm, I'm still learning what the word means and, and my voice. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful yeah. relationship, you know, to kind of like, I don't know, create space for it. You know, yes. to, to, to know, you know, and sometimes your, your intuition can talk to you through symbolism or dreams or feelings or daydreams or you know like there's this multi-level and, and you talked about being linear and I understand that as well because uh, I'm very right and left brain and I need both sides of my brain uh, yes. working or, or I don't buy it or I don't buy it right and um, uh, I remember thinking actually my, we have uh, similar kinds of backgrounds I, I didn't realize you got your master's in uh, gender post-colonial studies I got my master's in gender studies but it was called women's studies at the time it's now called gender yeah, mine was called uh, gender and ethnicity it's a research master oh okay cool the power of kind of like um uh giving value to the female giving value to things that aren't just you know your typical aristotle plato scientific method linear kind of thinking is revolutionary in itself yes yes absolutely yeah and i think for a lot of us this is exactly and that was my point like as i was writing that introduction what is the, the main issue for me is that um, we're not disconnected because mm. it will scream at us. Like and that for me, a panic attack, that is your intuition screaming at you. Something is not right. And so we are never actually, actually disconnected. We just don't, for me, it's almost like, um, and this is for me where yoga meditation and, and, and stuff like that comes in is that um, it's about figuring out like of all the voices you hear in your head, which one was yours again. But like I said, because of the particular society that we grew up in, like patriarchy, we've learned that the one, the one voice that counts is the one voice that gets sort of like, you know, that's don't listen to that, mm. which is interesting because at the same time, like it's also valued. But I think because it's feared that, you know, it's value that women know, certain women just know. But at the same time, that's, that's very much feared because you cannot measure it. But it, it's different language when men have it, in my experience. Uh, and I do want to talk about writing our story, but I love talking to you about this too. Yeah, uh, oh, go it, ahead. Is, um, uh, when men use it, they won't use the word intuition. In my experience, I've heard them and seen them use the word gut. They'll, they'll call it gut instinct. Yeah. I use both. I guess yeah, both. sure, sure. So but for them, it's instinct. So for them, it's yeah. like almost like you know, a very gorilla-like, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, sort of drumming on the on the chest, like my my sort of my my. Then we call it lizard brain or whatever, you know. <laughs> we call it like yeah, it's it's like oh, sort of my my hunter gatherer, um, you know, this very primal thing. So it can be very primal. And, oh, when it's yeah. a man's thing and when yeah. it's a woman's 
think it's a very, uh, it also feels, I, I've been having this struggle recently that I've always thought of, like I always wanted to be this more graceful person who has this wisdom, is very calm and quiet about it. And I'm just, and I think one of the reasons why, that was always my aspiration. I'm learning now that I'm not like that at all. Like when you got me, I was, I was talking, um, I was talking to uh, to one of our on one of our common soul sister Sheena about this. Um, Shout out to that, Sheena. Yeah, I love um, that. I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I, I called it like in that moment. I called it like when I'm passionate, like my voice is dripping with it, like drips fire. That's Ooh. how I called it. Ooh. That was in that moment. Um, but I have this idea that female intuition is like this calm. Quiet calm breeze or this sort of like calm water flowing and i'm like when when men talk about it it's more like ah oh, you know like mm. the same freaking thing uh and and i call it as well like i call it both like i call it gut i call it intuition mm. it's the yeah. same it's the exact same thing it doesn't matter what you, what name you give what label you give it yeah and that kind of like uh, feeds into uh, our topic of writing your story or rewriting your story. And um, I think that's what I, I love about writing. That's what I love about just kind of like empowering people in, in that reality. Like, I think I was listening to like Hay House Radio or something, maybe like 10, 12 years ago. And the concept of writing your own story or rewriting your own story was introduced to me by one of the uh, folks on it. And it was a really powerful uh, topic and subject for me because I had not considered it. I had thought that this my story, which was like, you know, where I got, came from in my nuclear home, you know, and very specific and all this, and it was just like this giant, like, sack of rocks that I was carrying around all the time. Yeah. And it wasn't until, like, I was actually in, like, a, a two-day transformational workshop where you got to tell your story, and then, like, you kind of, um, you're like, okay, now tell a new story. You know, and it's like, what? It's like, you can let go of that old stuff. You can write or rewrite your story in your own terms in starting with the woman you are right now. Like, it's not that the, the woman you were and the woman that you were to create this current present woman doesn't have effect or it does, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't disappear. But that is the past and being able to write your story in your own terms. Uh, and often this, I feel like it's almost like a rite of passage for a, a lot of women, people in general, but it's mostly women I work with, that you there's gets to a point where that old story isn't working for you anymore. And that old story is mostly other people's stories and other people's limiting ideas and other people's baggage and fears and shame and everything that they put on you that often they didn't even know themselves. And so like having my background, just like personally of having grown up um, in a, you know, a, a household that looked great on the outside, but inside there was a lot of abuse and turmoil. And I thought I had to carry that around forever. I thought I just would constantly be this person who was I'm unloved by my parents and I'm, I should therefore be unloved for the world. And then I, when I, would, I rewrote my story, I just dropped all that stuff like through lots of healing and, and practice and all of that. And then rewrote it in my own terms of, when I introduced myself, I was like, oh, hi, I'm Kelly. This is who I am. And I started to learn the empowering uh, abilities that we have um, that, you know, I feel like a lot of women are doing it. And I think that, you know, anyone who is listening, either you have done it or you, you, you will be doing it because it's almost like it's like the goddess uh, trilogy of, of birth, death and rebirth, right? Like that's the, the rewriting yourself is the rebirth, the regeneration, the, the phoenix that, you know, dies in the flame. And, and comes out anew. Um, what, what's been your experience with that stuff? 
Well, first of all, when you just you just because uh, you brought symbolism in it, uh, it, it's I think this is one of the reasons why for me uh, I do a lot of tarot. Like I just published two books on on tarot for congratulations on those. By the way, we'll put we'll put, the, we'll put the links in the show notes for people. Yes, oh that'd be great. Yeah, um, so. Um, I'm always like, I'm, 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 this is going to be funny because I, you have these memes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so many tarot memes out there uh, and so many jokes about the, the, the tower card and the death card. And, and those cards, like usually when they, they come up, I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, we have to do this. But I'm never like, there are people who will run when they see the tower or they will run when they see the death card. But mm. tower means getting rid of things that are no longer serving you. Mm. And sometimes that means like starting like ground zero. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes that just means like you have to, um, like rebuild like a part or a branch of whatever you're doing and then the death card of course like with death comes birth so it's just like closure like like leaving one thing behind and then just starting anew on some aspect so for me like i'm always well first of all what a lot of people are maybe maybe i do think people know but maybe they're just reluctant to admit that when when the tower shows up especially the tower you always invite it in on some unconscious level, you know you're ready, but you know it's 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 hard doing these things. Um, yeah, but I, I completely agree with that. And I think for me, um, like I've always tried to keep the spirituality out of my work mm. uh, because I always had this idea that it could not be matched. Like I remember when I was in when I was still in academia, and I was also writing. I was like, I cannot match the two. Mm. right i was both um, a researcher and i was a writer and th those were just like two personas and then i realized no because my research my phd research and the stuff i was writing in fiction there was so much overlap like i was trying to put the philosophy i was researching into the world i was building and i write uh for my like i i have different project one of the things i'm writing is uh why urban uh not urban really but it's it's let's not talk about genres that's called YA fantasy uh, for now. Um, you say YA, is that what you meant? Young adult? YA, yeah, young adult. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, so, um, let's, expl let's explain things to non-writers. To non uh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, like <laughs> once I get into the zone, uh, I'm not calm and collected. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was, um, I always thought there were different things, but I was, of course, I was explaining what I was researching uh, on, on one level, I was ex trying to explain that, work that out, like sort of put that in practice in the fiction. So that was the first step I had, like these things are very uh, connected. And then what I had then um, was that I had my writing business, my editing business, and then spirituality came in. And I saw that I was sort of trying to connect. And I was very, very like, I didn't want to make the connection at first because I was afraid, you know, what if my, my current audience doesn't appreciate that, that this is what I'm doing? So I was really sort of holding myself back there. It was not until I did the actual physical move um, that suddenly all these, I, like, not the ideas, because I had the ideas before and then I just pushed them away, like creating these, these tarot books and, and doing like tarot challenges and stuff and, uh, connected to writing on Instagram and, 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 uh, and putting them into books. Like the ideas came to me before, but that was always like, no, that's a no go. And it was not until I moved so that was, of course, for me, a tower moment or a death moment. Like you, you start that new book or that new chapter, whatever you, to me, it felt like I was starting a whole new trilogy, basically. Um, not, that just was a, the, not just a book, a trilogy. No, just, you know, <laughs> go, big, go big or go home, right? That's right, that's um, right. So, so that's interesting for me is that that's when that's sort of like, 
like it was already knocking on the door, but I just didn't want to open it. Right. Mm -hmm. But when I, once I moved, that was, I could not deny that anymore. So I had to do more with that spirituality. And th that's, it's only then I'm only like, I'm learning it now more and more how it is actually connected. And with this last book that I published, like I said, like I wrote an introduction and in that introduction, as I was writing that, I finally understood why I like using cards so much. Like when I'm reading for people or when I'm reading for creative people, writers, um, because that is for me, it is one of the ways like cut through the bullshit and just go straight to the intuition. Um, so that is for me, one of the, uh, cause what I learned that I'm really like, I excel in that when you try to tell your story, let's say you're in therapy, right? Like, uh, people show up and you know your therapist wants you to tell you like like you said like you tell the um you, you tell them okay where are you from mm -hmm. right so you have all this baggage mm -hmm. um but what i find interesting is when i work with people and i do and i don't use like not all of my clients are aligned with the spiritual aspect of my work right so i, I don't use that like i that only comes in what I really feel that there is like we connect on that spiritual level and then I can sort of introduce that and we can use that. But when I do use it, what I see often, and I don't know how we got to this point in the conversation. I'm sure it somehow we'll, we'll <laughs> go back. I'm trying to embrace the fact that I'm not very uh, linear when I talk, like I'm very linear when I structure stories, but not when I have conversations. Um, that they will have the same, they'll do the same, right? They tell me, they tell me their story. Um, but there's only so much like people always decide like unconsciously or consciously what they want to share with you. And then by using these cards, like particular topics come in and then you can just cut, just cut straight through it and you just see, oh, wait, something else is coming up. So I, in, 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 and for me, that is interesting because we do make decisions about what part of which, what part of which aspect of ourselves do we want to show to which person and what, what, what don't we want to show? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I love everything you said there. I got uh, three points to uh, one. Um, sounds like you had to move to rewrite your story, like to get the space yeah. and um, just the bandwidth, right? And I think that happens to a lot of people. I think a lot of people can identify with that, like just having to literally move out of where you, the city or the place you grew up and being able to reinvent yourself, right? And, and start a whole new everything, you know, a, a new home, a new friends uh, group, a new everything, uh, new daily routines. And I think that's, that's what's, what's really cool and why I think some people are like, I got to move. I got to get out of here. You know, some people just really yeah. like change. <laughs> we just like to yeah, move. Yeah. And I think that's a, a, let that be kind of a, a lesson for anyone listening to who is kind of maybe feels a little bit in trepidation about uh, moving or changing that it can be quite empowering. It can create a lot of space for yourself to write yourself in your own terms. And um, uh, that's also kind of brings back to why I do like to ask the question of, you know, what has happened or what, what, what uh, makes you the woman you are today, because it, uh, it allows the uh, guest to write their story in their own terms, you know, um, and depending on your audience, you might choose different things to highlight in your story, but you still get to choose what exactly come, uh, is in this semi-linear story that you are, you are telling people as yes. you introduce. And um, like I do that in the tribe too, where uh, uh, people used to write a little bit more in the Strong Women Co. Tribe. Uh, I was like, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. And cause like there's so much value in like, this is brand new people and you get to tell your story in whatever way you want. 
Um, I'm just thinking of um, a beautiful client of mine now. If she's listening, uh, you'll know this story, but she was uh, a fantastic, super successful, super beautiful inside and out uh, person who had a rough upbringing. And uh, she had a rough upbringing that included foster care and abusive parents and uh, at least abusive father and, and various things. And um, I noticed that the first like three times like I met her, like we were in different kinds of groups, uh, within a few minutes, growing up in foster care came up in her conversation. Like it's just like, the story that she just like uh, brought up a lot. And it was after uh, uh, one of our sessions at this beautiful uh, full moon uh, cord cutting cer ceremony that we had. Uh, and we were just like, you know, just sit, standing around talking. And I said to her, you know, I called her by name. I was like, you got to stop telling that story for it stop to stop to be your story. Right? Like mm -hmm. the people, Absolutely. the people who, who are just meeting you, they don't need to know. You know, this is not, a, this is not that important. Like you have so much other things to offer. Like, and I think it's just kind of like this, this, this victimhood that we hold on to subconsciously. Uh, and also just trying to heal ourselves and be honest and, and all of that. But, uh, you know, when I let go of my story of, of my painful past, it allowed for a future that wouldn't have otherwise existed. Right. That's kind of the reality of like letting go and stop telling that old story because you can rewrite your story. And, and, you know, I think we're kind of supposed to, that's what evolution is. In my opinion, I'm like three, I've had like three lifetimes, if not four, I feel like three or four different people in my 37 uh, years. And, uh, you know, there's, there's so much power in being able to do that rebirth, the regeneration mm -hmm. and, and, uh, uh, to, to cut, cut, cut in your, in your case, your cut, cut, cut was literally physically moving. Yeah. Uh, and in some, and I'm not saying you have to do that, right? No, but in some yeah. places, but it is one of the ways, you know, and in other ways, we could probably just spitball, you know, just like uh, in my early 20s, I realized, you know, I was a super strong feminist and um, I needed to cut out most of my friends in my life who weren't supporting yeah. me in, in that work. You know, and that was another way that I reinvented myself. Yeah. And, and I think I just want to encourage uh, all of our listeners to realize uh, you can reinvent yourself, but not only that, you will you will reinvent yourself. Like it's kind of like, it's, it's up to you how conscious that reinvention is and how positive that reinvention is. But you know, life's going to happen. I'll tell you, like it this is, is, yeah. life is going to happen and, and stuff's going to be thrown your way and you're going to be faced with hardships and challenges and joys and pleasures. And it's really up to you. Um, you know, how you let those things affect your present and then your future moving forward. So what do you do? What have you done to uh, kind of ensure or shore up that this reinvention of yourself now is uh, in, a, in a positive or an empowering kind of way, or even just more authentic kind of to your, to your own voice or your intuition in this latest reinvention of yourself? That's a really good, because like, I, I will come back to, because I, you were just saying something about the, the storytelling. I do want to come back to it, because I think I have a really good example there about the, the, thin, the thin line. Uh, but first, how I do that? Well, this is the thing for me, like I've learned over the past, what is it, seven years to become more aligned with my intuition. That's not to say I'm always, like I'm always aligned with my intuition. Like we all grow, we all learn, we all stumble. Uh, and for example, now, like I've been traveling a lot this summer, I've spent, um, I went to Scotland for a writing conference. Um, and then I was with my, with, with, I was with Sheena. There we are again. Hi. Um, and she's going to listen to this as soon as it comes out. So hi, baby. Um, 
and that was of course like always when we're together that's a very intense situation right um so after two weeks of the conference and then being together for a week like i i just needed a uh i just needed um some to decompress you know to de-stress but then of course I arrive in my parental home which is which is great like I have a really good I have a really good relationship with my mother but after a few months after a few weeks not months after a few weeks like mm-hmm. like I need space I just I hardly saw anyone while I was here um and I know because if I do like the more people I see the less in touch I will be with my intuition and since I already one of the reasons I didn't just move to sort of like, you know, uh, uh, safely to my university, right? That's not why I moved, right? It was part of that. Like I also, I was I was going through a divorce. Um, so it was also that. And I, and I always wanted to move abroad. And my ex-partner was always very reluctant. So I was like, well, you know, we're getting a divorce. Um, I need to move out. Oh, my contract is not, you know, my contract will end then. <laughs> I, I'm out of here. But yeah, so for me, that was really... Uh, I really, it was really time for me to sort of create that space. And so for me, like, I have to be really careful about that, um, that I keep doing these practices. So I have like my yoga, I have my meditation, I have my morning rituals, and that's how I stay uh, aligned with my intuition. And as long as I do that, like, I know I will be authentic, or at least when I say something that I don't necessarily want to say, I feel that, you know, that little poke, that little voice, like, uh uh-uh. Mm. this is not this is not you one thing i've started to do that's a practice uh that's very scary at the beginning is when you do say something or um you do act in a way that is not really aligned and it's sometimes you can just let it go right because if you do this around the right people they will understand Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they will understand if you act out or they will understand they will they will if they really know you and they really support you and they truly love you for who you are they will get well you know She's been traveling. Um, that that's that, that would be my case. But for example, if perhaps somebody uh, you really cared for just passed away, when you act out after that, you know, it's never an excuse, right? It's never an excuse to just go completely uh, uh, insane on, on, on anyone. Uh, but the people who truly, truly are your tribe or your clan, mm-hmm. they will understand. So you don't always have to bring it up. But I started the practice of every time I in hindsight had done something or said something that I didn't actually mean, or that was not aligned with me, I would bring it up and explain. Mm. I would say something like, this is what I really meant. Mm. So that was a really good practice for me uh, also because it taught me that um, I can voice what I really want to voice instead of just letting it go. Uh, But yeah, in general, I try to, and this is the thing since I'm now traveling, I, I, what I do is that when I, I do like a stable environment, um, and so like when you're talking about all these things, I keep, keep wondering about, because, um, you, you, you've, uh, edited for me and that's been a wonderful experience. I love your edits. Like essentially when your edits come in, I'm just like, accept all, like, I just like assume <laughs> I, man, she got this, like, just accept all. Um, this is not a recommended strategy. <laughs> well, this is after, this is after several, I mean, like, you know, I'll have an eyeball through them, but like, I'm pretty much accept, 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 accept. Um, but I'm just thinking about like, because of your kind of, um, your own intuition and your own knowledge, your own wisdom, just like imagining what you are like as a writing coach. And maybe, yes. this is, maybe this yeah. is a good time for us to talk about uh, your two programs that you have coming up and, um, uh, yeah, let's just do that. So we get that out of the way to make sure that folks know about it. If, if there is anyone 
uh, who is a writer or an aspiring writer. Uh, Mariella has uh, a couple of uh, different programs that are super, super, super interesting and helpful. Um, so tell us a little bit about the programs uh, and when they start and things, and then tell us just kind of like what, what do you do as a, as a writing coach and like what do you enjoy about it when you're helping people write their stories? And of course, that includes fiction. Listen, in my, I'm, I'm one of yes. those people who, who's like, there's no such thing as fiction. Like, there's, there's truths, right, like that come out. Um, and every character you write is some part of you or someone you know. Um, so, yeah, tell us about those programs and uh, just like you being a writing coach. Well, first of all, this is, and this is actually for me, uh, like hindsight 2020, right? Why I've always had the struggle, like I've had that, that was my past two years probably of trying to keep their spirituality out of my writing work. But there's a thing like when I edit and when I do my writing coaching that a lot of people, my, what a lot of my clients, they will say something like, there's just something about the way you do this. There's just something about the way, because um, for example, when I edit on, uh, books, whether that's fiction, nonfiction, academic work, uh, I don't like saying, ah, you should do this. Right? I'm more interested in, okay, so you did something. This is uh, bending a rule, breaking a rule. Uh, why are you doing this? What is the point behind mm -hmm. it? Is it yeah. a purpose? Or is it just you missed it and let's just fix it, right? right. But I never assume. So I, there's, I always ask questions yes, instead did, of yeah. going, this is not how you should be doing this is that This is how you should be doing it. I go like, okay, so what is the purpose? There's a much, and of course, that's already such an intuitive Mm -hmm. uh, approach that I have so that's sort of like I did like for years people, people say how do you do it I said I don't know that's just me being me so if we talk about authenticity and being intuitive that's that so seeps into my work and I think that's also why my clients like working with me but one of the other things that you mentioned at the beginning you said something uh, and that's very much aligned with my writing coach practice you were talking about creating space for intuition and that's exactly what I do um, because that's, that's where I start usually with my clients. Like I ask them, um, and then I'll talk about the, the writing progress, I promise. Like I ask them, okay, so when did you start writing? And we'll get, we'll get to it. Um, like, why do you start writing? When did you start writing? What did it bring you? Does it still bring you that? Uh, what are you, and in all the, and in them rambling about all their struggles, I will pick up on, okay, so this is the problem. So let's go in here. Let's just dive in. Uh, and that's also why I don't have a structure. Like I know so many writing programs out there who are very much um, clear cut and like it's, it's like a, um, a one size fits all kind of solution. Um, and I always felt like that, that doesn't, the people that I coach like one-on-one, -on -one, um, outside of any program. So just come to me like occasionally or regularly, uh, without like a, like a structure, um, they need something else than like a clear cut universal answer to everything because, um, you know, every individual has their own um, hangups, their own issues, their own background that seeps into their creative work and that blocks them in one way or the other, but it limits them in any way. And then we need to figure out what is the source and how to get away from that, like how to rewrite that particular story, like you said. And one of the things I often do is I have this rewriting, um, this rewriting exercise of your limiting beliefs. Because it's one thing to realize your limiting beliefs, but then, of course, there's the, uh, okay, so where do they come from? And what then is a better, what, then is a, what, do, what do I want to believe? Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what you said. It's like, it's first of all, acknowledging, acknowledging what it is. So don't, a lot of people go, when you said drop, drop the 
drop the past. We you, that's yeah, you can do that, but you can work through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there are so many people just like, let's close the door on the past mm-hmm. and let's pretend it never happened and this is me now. It will bite you in the ass, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to go through it. You have to go through the fire, right? Feel it uh, to heal it. Exactly. So that is that is what that exercise, for example, does. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's about you know acknowledging acknowledging where it comes from so acknowledging that you have it acknowledging where it comes from and then rewriting that into something that's much more empowered and aligned with what you want to believe about yourself or your creative practice right um so that is actually the reason so i have two programs one of them um is a one-on-one program it's three months um i don't believe in fancy titles so it's actually literally called three month one-on-one pro uh, uh, coaching programs program for writers like I said, no fancy title. You you see what like you get what you see. You see what you get. Um, it's a three month program. It's really interesting because I've had so many different kind of people um, who come to me uh, in that program, and that's the thing. It's like I only know what we're gonna do. So I know how often we're gonna see each other. How, how often we're gonna. Um, how often I'm gonna check in with you. I have worksheets that I work with, uh, but there is so much room to go deep with any individual and really look at, okay, what is your specific, what, what, what is your specific struggle and why is that a struggle for you? And then how can we turn that struggle into something that actually helps you? Uh, how can we make it uh, an advantage? Like so many people are limited by things that are actually a strength, but yeah. they're just using it in the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, so that is basically what I do. And like I said, like you, you said it beautifully, I do create space for intuition because so many people already have the answers. Yeah. but they don't know where to start looking. Uh, and like I said, like sometimes you really think something is a weakness. You don't know how to turn that into a strength. Um, so for example, I have a lot of, it's interesting, like a lot of my clients are INFPs, if you know Myers-Briggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I'm an INFJ. Uh, so, so many people. Say that really quickly, and I know what you're talking about, uh, but just to say it a little bit slower. INFP. Mm-hmm. That's a Maya Spriggs, the 16 personalities. Yeah. Of course, that's very, you know, there's, there's, there's gray area in between. Um, like there always is. And I'm an INFJ. Um, but like I said, like on that scale, I have like 98 to 97% introverts. And I also know INFJs who are like uh, 54% introverts. So they're much more extrovert than I am. Right. So there's a, there's a scale there as well. But what I realized, even the people, because I always ask in my worksheets, one of the questions I asked, if you know, what is your Myers-Briggs personality, right? And so often I have, I get it back and it says, I don't know, I don't care, uh, no idea. And then often, sometimes even in the first time we talk, so there's always, uh, we have in the three-month program, we see each other face-to-face eight times. And then in between, so that's a bi-weekly thing. And in between, we have an email check-in. Um, so often during the first or the second time, we speak like one-on-one, which is often through Zoom, um what happens is they tell me like okay so i did the test now and it turns out and it's it's 80 percent or so of the people i've worked with thus far turned out to be infps uh, and what is interesting for me uh, the difference between an infp and an infj is like i'm very linear so i can easily plot out a novel or a nonfiction book when i write it that is also it's a strength it's also a limitation Mm-hmm. Um, because I have to be very careful that I don't kill the creative spark mm. by becoming too organized. That's something I am really aware that I need to be careful about that. The INFP is not linear. 
at all. So we'll be, hi, Sheena again. I'm also Sheena's editor. She's very non-linear. We write together, we co-write together as well. Mm -hmm. That works perfectly because I outline. She gets like um, the chapters as writing prompts. She just fills them in and then I just connect them together. Mm -hmm. So it works perfectly because my strength is the outlining. Her strength is first drafting and just going with the flow. And then we put it together. But you have to figure out each other's strengths, right? Um, so her weakness in, in, in our, in our um, co-writing is our strength. Yeah. Uh, precisely. Because we understood this is how we can use that. Um, so, so just because just, just thinking of time here now. Yes, uh, yeah, this is completely me. Like once I'm on a roll, I'm on a roll. I know. You're awesome. So we have your, your three-month uh, program. And honestly, uh, Mariella, I mean, I think we just, we, we work in similar kinds of ways. Like my three-month programs with clients one-on-one -on -one are some of my favorite work that I do with people. It is, yeah. And like the like yourself, like the one-on-one, -on -one, like, and I do, it, we're very, very similar. So you're doing helping people through writing. And then I'm often helping people build confidence or, um, you know, uh, helping them through a hard time or helping them with empowerment. And it's yeah, exactly, exactly like... Which yeah, is exactly what I do. But for me, it's because they want to have that book out. Exactly. No, no. So we're doing we're doing the same thing in our own uh, our yes. own kind of avenues. But um, uh, so there's worksheets because I love worksheets. I love when I get the clients' worksheets back. I like it's almost like candy. I'm like oh, yeah. and then as I'm reading the worksheets, all of these intuition things come up. And so yes. I like write things down. And then when I talk to them, I, I go through them, and I want to make sure because I always say it's like listen. Uh, I'm very, you know, I use an intuition a lot. I, I'm like a hot knife through butter with like seeing patterns and behavior. But at any time I say something that, um, you know, doesn't feel congruent with you, you just let me know and we'll correct it. Yes, exactly. And, That's exactly right. how I do it. Yeah, exactly. That's why we work so well together. And, uh, but to tell you, the truth, I, I always go, you do, I always go, so I don't know how I have to say this. I just know that I have to say this. Yeah. <laughs> You, you do that thing. Yes, uh, I just uh, have to tell you this yeah. right now. If it's not aligned, yeah. let me know. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, yeah. Um, and, but also that um, uh, I'm very rarely wrong. I don't know if I've ever, I don't think I've yeah. ever had a client that say, I'm knocking on wood. I'm sure it will happen because like, goodness knows I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm still human. But uh, when I've yet to have a client say, actually, Kelly, this feels off or wrong or, you know. Yeah, so you know, I've that, had that. Yeah. yeah, I've had that, and then sometimes it takes a few weeks, but yeah. I will get the email. I will get yeah. the email. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been doing, I've been doing some thinking, um, and I, I do think you're. Yeah. So I, I, it, it, so, and I'm like, okay, well, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But yeah. then, yeah. I'm like, so like, I'm also like, because I know I'm human. Yeah. And you don't like, I'm also a Reiki practitioner. Uh, like I do, like you said, I do so many things. Mm. Um, and one of the things when you do Reiki, you have to make really, when you get like signals, you have to make really sure yeah. before you open your mouth that it is yours. And even then, depending on how grounded you are yourself, what's going on in your own life, like you said, we're all human. You, you sometimes you're, you're a little bit off. Mm -hmm. It hardly happens, but it can happen. And I think as long as you allow and embrace that, like, you know, and I always say that as well, like I can be off here. So correct yeah. me. Yeah. 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 Or there's been times when I'm like have a lot on the go personally and I'll ask a client to, if, can we postpone until tomorrow? Because I don't want yeah. my, like it hasn't happened very often, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing, but still human that um, I just, uh, because I do work in the intuition realm so much of just like knowing things that there's no explanation 
you know, like the only way I can describe it is like a hot knife through butter. Like I just know it. Like it's just, it's just comes yeah. that, um, I don't want my crack to ever like to go on, uh, to people. But, uh, as we are cluing up here now, my sweet soul sister, let's talk about the 52 week writing program. Yes. And we're going to set up the song, uh, that you have chosen for our listeners. Yes. So there's the one for the, the, the one-on-one -on -one program. Um, which is very intensive and you work with me one-on-one uh, -on -one, as the title says uh, and we really dig deep I also have a year-long program which is 52 weeks so it's actually 55 weeks because I do check in after the program ends uh, you just get emails uh, in your inbox like with a writing quote a writing prompt uh, worksheets that will help you keep track that will help you keep inspired it will ask you questions about your process so the responsibility is more with the um, with the people uh, doing the program because mm -hmm. in the one-on-one -on -one, I will keep track as well of your process and sometimes I have to point out look look at how your language like just the way you're talking about yourself it's just mm -hmm. becoming so much more confident and they're like oh I didn't see that and of course in the 52-week program I do in the emails I do say if there's anything you know give me a shout if you need help if you'd like just talk to me just hit reply that space is always there but it is more for people who have more of the discipline to do something uh, uh, themselves. Mm -hmm. So those are two writing programs I have. I either work one-on-one -on -one with me for three months, we really dig deep, um, and we set whatever goal you want to set yourself, or we have the 52 uh, weeks of writing, which is just when you're so done not doing the work. And you just, you know, you know that like you, you want to do something like you want to write that book, you want to get it out there, you want to get your story out there and just like, eh, this is the, this is, this could be the thing for you because you just get a, um, an email in your inbox every week. Uh, so you get those reminders like, yes, I have to sit down. I have to structure my week and write down when I'm going to work on what. Um, so those are the two programs, quite different. But of course, with the same, like my main aim is to get your story out. Right. The uh, way you want to write it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of it. Right. Um, and, and what, how lucky are we? that um you know as as two uh privileged uh gals here that we can help people in such a way and and um to get those stories out and to yes. uh to help people to write and rewrite their stories it's uh, it's just such an honor and, and i know you feel the same way it's, it is yes absolutely. your your heart's passion and uh, i'm happy to have you on and and uh, i know you've definitely um helped our listeners think about things a, a bit differently um even even me even I, even though i know you uh that um i'll be thinking of intuition and creating space for that um uh, even in a, in a more complex way now so tell me about uh, this song you chose. Yeah, before, is... I do, before I do, before I do, can I share one poem? And no, we, we don't have the time, right? Can, can I just send you the poem and you put it in the no, show? No, you go ahead and share. Um, it's yeah. short. No, it's, it's just, sorry, radio listeners, uh, you may not get the song. Because <laughs> we're on the other side. Listen, you and I are Gabby Hayes. You were listen, you, should, you picked out a poem. I am not going to not let you read a poem. I am so excited to hear this. Go ahead. Yeah, no, but it's also, it's, it's like, when I read this poem, I was like, this is, this sums up my entire business and how I do my business and what I want to, why I want to help people, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that you're going to love it as well. And I think a lot of people will be So this is by Nikita Gill. Oh, it's I love Nikita Gill. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's called Magic, and it's from her Wild Embers um, uh, poetry collection. So here goes, Magic. The greatest wish I have ever had is to create with words what wizards cannot and what magic 
never has. The most elegant bond I can ever pray for is aiding in the recovery of someone who is made of wreckage and facilitating their becoming their own hero in their story. And if that does not sum up exactly what you and I do for a living, I don't know what does. Oh, that hit me right here. Oh, I know, that's why I wanted to share it. Oh, I may, uh, I may copy and paste and of course attribute to Nita Gill for the show notes for folks because I think just like rereading it yourself would be even um, more powerful. That is awesome. Thank you for this choosing that. This, this is what we do. This is what we do. So, so maybe we don't need the song. Maybe we needed the poem. Ah, oh, sure. Maybe it was, maybe it was the poem. Maybe it was the poem. Yeah, I, I, did, I did like that poem a, a lot, sister. Um, you would. <laughs> you knew I would. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, for, I feel like we've teased everybody. So please just set me up for the song. I'll put it in if I got time in the pod. Uh, podcasts can go longer than the show, but I just got 60 straight minutes for um, the radio. So okay. set me up. Set me up for the, for the song anyway. Okay, so uh, I picked Brandy Carlisle, the story, obviously, um, because for me, that song is about, um, it, it speaks to so many things. It's about uh, the necessity or the importance of finding your clan, your tribe, whatever you want to call that. Um, knowing who to trust with your story, finding that one person, at least that one person you can share your story with. Um, and that makes me think of Brene Brown a lot, who says, like, people need to, you need to, People need to earn your story, right? You don't have to trust everybody with that story. Um, and to me, that fits in like there's so much empowerment in owning your story and being able to uh, get it out there. And of course, that also that's sort of like a disclaimer I have. Uh, that's something I'm struggling with a lot myself is you don't owe anyone your story, though. So keep that in mind. Like as you, there's empowerment in owning it and sharing it with the right people. You don't owe anybody anything um you get to decide you get to claim the power like who do you who do you want to listen to your story um and also like you because in, in the end like you own everything that happened to you right that's like an uh, uh, an Anne Lamott uh, she wrote Bird by Bird um she she says I actually have it here like you own everything that happened to you tell your stories if people wanted you to write warmly about them they should have behaved better I think that would also be something that will really help some of our listeners here um, you own everything you own everything that's in your mind but you also get to choose who gets to uh, listen to your story I think there's massive empowerment in that um, so pick wisely hmm. Um, and then get it out there, find the right people. Uh, and for me, that's what the Brandy Carlisle song, all of that. Like when I listen to that, I hear all of that. I hear Brandy Brown, I hear Anne Lamott. Um. Beautiful. Uh, I love that. Uh, friends of mine who are authors, um, uh, who write fiction, but uh, in, where we live in, in Newfoundland, it's very Irish. So um, just the culture kind of comes in and people, people come in and uh, we, we love local literature here. And I've had several friends of mine who have written of their experiences loosely and um, uh, gotten, it, it, they've made people upset. Uh, because they felt like they weren't um, uh, written about kindly. So what you just said then was about um, if they wanted to be written about warmly, they should have acted better. I, I just thought that was, that was so perfect and empowering and funny because your story is your story and uh, you get to decide how, when, where, what is told. And um, 
even even myself, I did an autobiographical uh, documentary in uh, grad school about my life, and um, some people in my family got upset, even though it was totally true. Uh, and uh, uh, but that was the kind of the thing. I was like, I finally got a chance to tell my story, and that's what I found within grad school was I finally got a chance to to tell uh, the the story that was me that I kind of had been shushed, you know, into yeah. uh, into saying. So don't let anyone shame you or shush you or yeah. You know? And the same yeah, the same goes for fiction. You own what's in your mind. You own what happened in your life, uh, and you own the decision to do whatever you want with them yeah hells yeah well i think that's a great place to uh finish this we'll hit you up with the uh brandy carl carly yeah brandy carly's song uh just with this song is what like with a lot of a lot of songs it kind of feels like if you were just listening on the surface it could seem like she's just singing to a man do you know what I mean? There's so many of this heteronormative, but I yeah. have switched so that all songs, I don't, I don't hear songs like that anymore. It's either to the universe, the universe to me or to my sisters, like the, the you she talks about, like sharing the story with you is uh, much more bigger than uh, the heteronormative kind of ideal that we're yeah. usually she's pushing. Also, she's a lesbian. There we go. <laughs> that's, that's even, it's even better. Yeah. You know? I did not fact check that, but Sheena told me. <laughs> Because obviously I got this song through Sheena. Right? Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, so apparently she's a lesbian. So hey, there is no heteronormativity about the song. And I have been listening to that song um, in a kind of more broad way. And it just is more more effective and more empowering in that way. Yeah. So thank sometimes you so much, the girl, yeah, sometimes the girl meets herself. Exactly. And that is the best relationship. I feel like that's very sex in the city. Yeah. <laughs> your relationship yeah. is really about yourself and your right. It's too early for a cocktail, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's later where you are. But uh, I'm, I'm going camping shortly. So, uh, Mad Mega, love to you, sister. Uh, Thank you for having me. As always, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. And I know my, the listeners will get a lot from you. Uh, so, here's the song.
Hiding the words that don't come out All of my friends who think that I'm blessed They don't 